This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is Tuesday, November 16th. 2021 a very good tuesday morning to you jake yes how was that uh physical yesterday got that thumb in the boho uh, i didn't actually feeling good i didn't actually you enjoyed the process i'm alive and well i'm not dying oh okay i know it's unfortunate no you know we all make sacrifices yeah um we'll talk about that coming up hey we got to talk about uh, is disneyland worth it is it worth it Um, because this all came out of not going to the gym last night. Well, we went to the gym. We didn't go in the gym last night. Which we have to talk about as well. Which we have to talk about as well. So is Disneyland worth, essentially it breaks down to about 150 bucks a person. That is a lot of scratch, bro. And that's just Disneyland. That's not even like, that's not even a park hopper. Well, that's not dinner. That's not your room. That's not like any of that. So if you have two kids, you're like probably 500 bucks a day. Easy as somebody that used to be a season pass holder. I got some thoughts on this. Yeah, I got some thoughts on this. So we will absolutely talk about that. But uh, today we need to start with Kalani Sataki as he is one of the absolute headline candidates for pretty much every major open job in the Pac-12. Um, and you're starting to see that Kalani is an attractive candidate, and it's put BYU in a precarious position. So the question has to be asked, what should BYU do with Kalani Sataki, and is Kalani Sataki leaving BYU? My belief is that Kalani Sataki will be the head coach at BYU for at least the next five years. The question is, how does that happen? Because as far as we know, Kalani Sataki is one of the leading candidates at USC. And according to sources close to the program, he is one of the leading candidates to be at Washington. He is also coveted by LSU, who is, um, some believe, requested an interview with Kalani already. Um, who has said that he will not do any interviews or even consider interviews until the exit interviews with BYU football players are done after the season's conclusion. So, Jake, you're in a situation here where Kalani Sataki is a headline for just about every major opening. Do you think he leaves BYU? I I don't know that he be, leaves BYU. I think that, you know, there's a lot of momentum in the program. I think that, you know, he specifically has built something at BYU that I think we can all agree is moving in the right direction. And, and, and I think that, you know, a lot of head coaches, you know, would be considering these jobs, you know, if they weren't at BYU. But I think the difference is, is when you're when you're at a school like BYU, there's a lot there for you, you know, and, and specifically with getting into the Big 12 and, and everything that's coming. To me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why would you want to go from being independent to being in the Pac-12 if you're Kalani Sataki? You know what I mean? Like, even if it is USC, there's still all that nonsense you got to deal with. And so, to me, I'm just like, if I'm Kalani, I'm not leaving. I'm staying with BYU. I'm trying to work out a deal 
you know, because frankly, he does need to be paid more than, you know, they need to work out some paperwork for sure. But to me, just from a football standpoint, you're going to the Big 12, you know, you're going on this new venture and you're taking BYU where it's never been. And to me, that's like, how do you, how does, how is anything more valuable than that? You know? So to me, I think the only other job that would even come close to what he's got going at BYU would be USC just because of, you know, the fact that he's a poly head coach and it's USC and, and that whole narrative I think would be special at USC. But at the end of the day, I, I really don't see Kalani leaving. And frankly, I think, you know, the reason for that is because there's too much to be excited about at BYU. Rather, I think he would just want to get, you know, his contract situated and get everything handled on an extension. So I don't think he's leaving, but, you know, you never know, I guess. Yeah, I I think Kalani's overwhelming preference would be to stay in Provo. There's no doubt about this, but let's let's get a couple of things straight. BYU is not massively underpaying Kalani Sataki today, currently. He is well-paid. Um, he is paid on par with his past performance and his credentials. So this idea that BYU is cheap or somehow lowballing Kalani Sataki is absolutely foolish. His salary, while I believe I know what it is, is not public, so I am not going to be the guy who's going to make it public. Yeah. But I will tell you that I believe very firmly he is well-paid, and compensation currently is not the issue. I think the larger issue for Kalani Sataki is locking up security for his assistants, who some would argue are not paid as well as they could be. Kalani wants that to change. He wants his assistants to have stability. He wants them to be compensated on par, I think, with what you know national averages are. Um, I think he will get a significant bump out of this process. But there's also the other side of the coin to talk about here, and I think this is a really important conversation. BYU has to get out of the Kalani as a candidate cycle. And it's a very difficult place because BYU just extended Kalani Sataki right before kickoff. So as a guy that just got a contract extension, to have back-to-back -back years that he's had, and now to see that USC, Washington, likely Arizona State, knowing that LSU has shown interest. Really, yeah. the only major job that has not shown interest in Kalani Sataki is TCU. So he is a major leading candidate for just about every premier opening in college football. BYU has to put an end to that. And the way you do that is you pay him and you pay his assistants more. You give him Whoa. more longevity. You give him length in his contract. And I think you put incredibly high levels of buyout language in that contract which means whoever wants to hire Kalani away from Provo is going to have to pay a pretty penny to do it. I think that's the way, Jake, you get off this hamster wheel of Kalani's the leading candidate for just about every major job. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, this is not something that needs to be difficult or needs to be, like, strung out or anything. I, I, I legitimately think it is BYU and Kalani just working through some numbers and, and, and really more the, the, the language in the deal about, you know, him leaving and all that. And, and I think what really helps is he doesn't want to leave, you know? So really, you know, the point is, is that this is more of just a, based on what we're hearing and based on the information we have, this is much more of a, of a, Hey, we need to just restructure the deal a little bit, not a lot, but just a little bit, 
you know, to give the institution some protections and, you know, that type of thing. But so, let's not let's not convolute this. This is incredible leverage for Kalani Sataki. Oh, I for mean, sure. Yeah. There is no doubt in the modern era of BYU football that they've never had this kind of, you know, consistent growth and success. I don't think we ever saw this, certainly under Bronco. Before Bronco, I don't even know that it's a real conversation, but mm-hmm. I think when you look at, at the last decade, I don't think BYU's ever had this kind of growth and stability. You're going into the Big 12. Kalani's relationships have a lot to do with that. His ability to recruit has a lot to do with that. Um, I think when you look at the way Kalani is recruiting, when you look at the the quality of human being, the lack of any kind of scandal or off-field issue, he has really put BYU on very, very solid ground. They are in conversations recruiting-wise that they have never been in. Yep. And I think that is a huge you know, feather in Kalani's cap. But again, I think it goes back to stability. Kalani knows that a lot of his success has to do with the people around him. His assistants are incredibly important to him. And you hear a lot of coaches that say, oh, family and we're the Kalani Sataki – that is not just some kind of language. That is a way of doing business. That is a way of life. His staff are family members to him. He is going to take care of them. He is going to make sure that they they are secure in their futures and in their money. And I think that's a big part of this. His salary, his contract, that's going to work itself out when you win the way he's won the last two years. Seriously. Right? I mean, seriously. to me, that's the conversation here. I don't think this is as much about Kalani Sataki as it is about building in stability across the, the football program because that, to me, is what's most important. It's your moneymaker. Fan apathy has completely disappeared at this point at BYU. The, you know, LES is full um, for every home game, whether it's your mom's cousin's cooking school or Arizona State. Yeah. That place is packed. And – the fans are into it. The student section is engaged. Ticket sales are great. Merch sales are great. Like, you could not ask for a better situation. Yeah. Pay the man. Extend the man. Take care of his assistants. And he's going to be here for the next five years. Yeah, and this is the classic situation of, hey, take care of the guy, and, and he'll take care of you. You know, and this is where I just want to say to BYU, hey, don't mess this up. Don't play around. Don't play games. You know, this is – this goes back to the Utah Jazz and Gordon Hayward all those years ago. Pay the man. Don't 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 allow him to get into conversations and and get the job done. I mean, that's what this is. And and I think you know, in all fairness to BYU, they they are uh, they are going in in the right direction. They have a ton of opportunity. And and yes, Kalani is at the heart of most of that. Because if you're not winning football games you're not getting done what you've gotten done, which is bowl appearances, NIL deals, getting into the Big 12, like ESPN contracts, like all of those things at the center of that is winning football games. And so to me, I just think if you're Kalani Sataki, why you've got a good thing going here. I mean, how many football coaches in this country are just coaching out the string? Yep, I'm getting paid to coach football games and and I feel really lucky. I'm not I'm not at the office yes. typing on a keyboard all day. You know, like I feel like there's a lot of coaches that that are in that position. And Kalani is lucky enough not to be in that position, partially by his doing, but partially by the fact that he's at a great institution. Yes. So, you know, to me, I just think that Kalani's in a great spot. And by the way, I know we don't like to compare BYU to Utah or Weber or whatever, any of the other schools in the state, but, you know, 
at the end of the day, when I look around the state, like Kalani's in the driver's seat. He's got the best job right now. So Well, and the other thing I think you have to talk about here is what happens if Kyle Whittingham leaves Utah? It sure sounds like retirement's on the front based on some of the little things he's been saying. Like, like he did a presser the other day where he was like, you know, I when I first took this job, I never thought I'd be here for as long as I am, and it's been awesome. And I'm like, hey, dude, are you, like, low-key hinting is, at retirement here? Wait, is that nostalgia? Yeah, like, what in? are we doing here, bro? But my point is, if all things are equal, Kyle Whittingham retires, are you telling me Utah's first call isn't Kalani Sataki? It has to be. It has to be. It makes perfect sense. Which is why BYU needs to handle business ASAP. Yeah, and the other thing I think is an interesting part of this conversation is, where does the BYU job rank when you compare it to Washington, which I actually think is one of the best jobs in the Pac-12. Yeah. But when you compare it to Washington, USC, and if you forecast a little bit to the other jobs that might be open, ASU, UCLA, where does it compare to Cal, let's say? Because there's a lot of people who think if Kalani Sataki doesn't want to be the head coach at Washington, Wilcox at Cal is going to be the next head coach at Washington. Yeah. There's going to be a lot. Half the conference is probably going to be looking for a football coach. Yep. So if we take BYU, and let's start with Washington. First of all, I think, and this is just my opinion, I think Washington's one of the best jobs in, in on the West Coast. Yeah. I think certainly in the conference, they perennially compete. They have one of the best facility setups. They have a great, <coughs> excuse me, a great in, involved fan base. They have a really good booster base. Um, I mean, there's a lot to like about living in the Pacific Northwest. You can recruit well. I mean, there's not a whole lot to, to dislike. They're paying Jimmy Lake the full term of his contract, and they pay well. Yeah. Washington's a good job. You can go to Washington, and you can win. Yeah. You can compete for a national championship. Now, if you compare that to BYU, well, right now, you're going into the Big 12. Mm-hmm. You know, and we can, uh, you know, I, I I guess the conversation starts if you're comparing BYU to Washington, is the Big 12 a better football conference than the Pac-12? Yes. Nah, I'm not sure I'm going to say right that. Now, With Texas and Oklahoma leaving? Right now, today, I think you have to say it because, because I mean, look today, at Today, yes, it is. Today, right here today, I think it is. I, I think, yeah, you're you're not wrong. I mean, if you're a head coach looking, you're like, well, do I want to be in the Pac-12 or, the you know, the Big 12 or... You in know, five years, yeah. or let's put it this way, the day that Oklahoma and Texas leave, yeah. the Pac-12 becomes a better football conference. Yeah. Now, having said that, I mean, on the whole, obviously the Big 12 is one of the premier basketball conferences in the country, if not the, mm -hmm. right? But my feeling is is that the Pac-12 is a better football conference the minute that Oklahoma and Texas leave. See, and this is my thing, too, and, th and this is part of the, the, the Kalani situation. You know, I'm, I'm – I'm sitting here like, man, like if I'm Kalani Sataki, I, I really don't have a need to go to the Pac-12 right now. I don't you have don't. a need to start over and like deal with the the BS leadership that's in the Pac-12. Well, it, it, but wait, I think specifically that's to Washington. I Washington digging out of the hole that Jimmy Lake has left you. Wow. And by yeah. the way, the other question is, can you take your entire staff with you to Washington? I kind of think that that that's going to be a no. Because I think that they're going to have it, it, and they have a really good quality staff there. Mm. But if you're Kalani Sataki, 
you're taking your assistants with you, I would think. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, again, just like you were saying, I mean, in football, your assistants are what make you. You know, I mean, the quality yeah. of assistant coaches is vital to, to making sure your special teams guys play well or, you know, the third line, you know, the third string tight end yeah. works out fine. Like, you know, those guys are so important. So that's why I say, like, if you're, again, if you're Kalani and you're looking at the landscape, okay, Washington, eh, USC, that's the one I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense USC to me. USC is a great job. Especially because he's Polly, a Polly head coach at USC. Oh, man. Starting the program over is, I mean, that's that's a lot of dynamite to be playing with, man. You're making incredible money. You have, you are, you are, you want for nothing. Yeah. Facilities wise. Now, let's be honest. It's going to be very difficult to compete with the facilities at BYU. Um you know, their indoor facility and at USC, you're not really concerned about that, but their indoor facility, their, their I mean, their training center, their locker rooms, yeah. their, I mean, the uniform package, well, all of that's on par at, at, and a little better. I mean, you're not going to get better uniforms than you've got at USC. I mean, the history, the tradition, um, the, the, you know, you think Kalani Sataki and his, and his guys recruit now. I mean, the built-in recruiting pipeline that is Southern California quarterbacks yeah. that feeds USC on the regular. And then you look at a kid like Jackson Dart, one of the top QB recruits in the country right here in Salt Lake City, yeah. winding up there. Yeah, I mean, Kalani Sataki would dominate as a recruiter at USC. That's the one job. If I'm BYU, that's the job that scares me. I'm not worried about Washington necessarily. I'm not worried about – well, LSU, again – LSU is one of the premier jobs in the country. When you win at LSU, and if you look at Ed Ogeron, the idea that he's gotten away with what he got away with at LSU over the last three seasons is pretty remarkable. Ed O and Smoke and Joe, baby. Any other coach is fired already. Yep. And Ed Ogeron, he won a national championship. Give him credit for that. But he's getting away with murder from his kids running patterns in practice to his girlfriends and their friends on the sidelines causing scenes like just not being professional, being late to practice like that Ed Ogeron did get fired already is pretty remarkable. Yeah. That tells you that LSU is loyal and that you have a pretty good infrastructure there because none of that got out until about the last, you know, month before he got whacked. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, and then by the way, yeah. LSU's proven that you can compete at the top of the premier football conference in the yeah, country. That's what I was going to say. I mean, the, the SEC factor is huge in that conversation. Yeah. You know, I mean, LSU's a really good job. Don't, and, and, and I, again, I know that we do this thing in sports where we compare one to the other and one sucks. And so naturally the other one's amazing. BYU is a phenomenal job. Yeah. It is a really good job. Now, obviously you're going to have to be LDS. Obviously, you are going to have to fit into the lifestyle. Obviously, you need to have BYU DNA in your system. Right. That's what makes this guy so special, right? And if you look at, at BYU, the pros at BYU, again, money, facilities, um, the ability to recruit. Um, I mean, just there, there is not a lot not to like. Yeah. The, the anti, the, the negative at BYU is that you have an honor code, so you can't get all the best recruits in the country. There's a lot of kids who won't even answer the phone or open an envelope from BYU. 
So you're going to write off probably 20% of recruits right out the gate. But we're seeing that shift a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it's more difficult to recruit there. I think now going into the Big 12, a lot of that goes away, right? But you're still going to have Sunday play issues. You're still going to have honor code issues. You're still going to have a lot of the typical 19-year-old kid making 19-year-old kid mistakes off the field that at other institutions probably aren't that big of a deal that are kind of a big deal at BYU, right? right? Yep. So you're going to have those natural issues that are built in when you have the the you know the church involved. Outside of that, Kalani's shown that those are not really issues at all. Well, and the path to the national championship is no longer an issue. It's not it's not a factor in the conversation because they're going to the Big 12. So, you know, I just I don't know, man. If I'm like like I said, there's a lot to consider here. But if I'm Kalani Sataki, this is an easy decision, in my opinion. I, I would not be leaving BYU. I, even if it was USC, I would get paid more by BYU. I'd leverage them for more money. I would leverage them for whatever else yeah. that he wanted, because you're totally right. He's got all the leverage in the world here. And I would uh, keep doing me, which is winning football games, recruiting at a high level, and and bringing, bringing or taking BYU – to the heights it's never seen, which is or hasn't seen in a long time, I should say, which is getting to the college football playoff, you know, competing for a national championship. That is the outlook for Kalani in this program in the next, what, five years? Yeah, but the one thing that concerns you here is that we're having this conversation. And we're having this conversation because BYU and and Kalani are not on the same page. That's the thing that worries you because not to be the master of the obvious, it is November 16th. Mm-hmm. It is no longer early in the season. Interviews are a month to six weeks away. And the question is, Kalani has told people, I'm not even going to get involved or acknowledge open positions or requests for interviews until we've played our final game and we've put a wrap on the 21 season. Yeah. So he's not supposedly allegedly he's not going to be interviewing during bull prep. So a, I think that shows some loyalty, but B, I think Kalani Sataki is doing everything he can do to give BYU the opportunity. And the phrase meet my demands is strong. He's doing everything Kalani is that he can do to give BYU the opportunity to keep him and his staff employed at BYU. Well, he's given him what? Probably an extra six uh, weeks, six week head start. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like, you know, yeah. I think I think I think that's meaningful. And I and I think that, you know, you could we could definitely view it as, hey, they're not on the same page. But I also think on the other side of the coin, you could say that, um, you know, that they are generally speaking on the same page, but they have some things that they have to work out. And I think a lot of times that gets turned into, oh, my God, like Kalani's asking for this and BYU doesn't want to offer that. When in reality, it's just more of them sitting down and meeting in the middle. But this is not a Tom Homo issue, by the way. No. Um, that was one of the things on Twitter yesterday that was was blown up. This is not a Tom Homo issue. The people I know at BYU tell me that this is much more of an issue with upper management, essentially upper management, deciding how much cash they want to put into the football program. And I think one of the things that, that Tom Homo has made very clear he understands you got to spend money to make money. Yeah. And he understands that when you spend money in the right places, coaching and player development are the two main places. And that includes facilities, infrastructure, humanity, 
when you spend money in those places, you're going to win football games. And he's, and he's proven that because they have. Yeah. And BYU, let's not convolute this or cloud this at all. BYU has made a significant financial investment over the last decade in facilities, yeah. in people, in equipment, in relationships, in uniforms, in lunches, in dinners. But they've also made a crap ton of money back because they of have. That. They have. And the other thing is, I think they always knew that if Kalani came to BYU and won, that he was going to be in demand. So I don't think this is a surprise. And it was explained to me yesterday that they know their ceiling. BYU knows the number that they're willing to invest in the coaching staff. And that's kind of the, I think that's probably kind of the tipping point here. I would be surprised though. I mean, I, I can't, I can't for the life of me believe that they can't agree upon a number. I, like you but, can't tell me that Kalani is not that you're saying this, but, but you can't tell me Kalani's in a place where he's, asking for some egregious amount of money. But it's not for him. It's for his staff. I don't think Kalani – I think Kalani Sataki is already well-paid. Yeah. And I think he knows that. Yeah. I think he wants more money and stability for the assistants. And that – universities – I think a lot of people don't understand this, but universities don't pay guys individually. There is a pot for the football coaching staff. And that money is equally divided. And there are many – Kyle Whittingham has done this – there are many head coaches across the country that take less money out of that pot to make sure that they can keep Chris Peterson with Jimmy Lake. Absolutely did that. They <laughs> yeah. brought in Jimmy Lake. They had, I'm telling you, Pete Kwiatkowski at, at the University of Washington is one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Thanks. Look how good they were before Jimmy Lake got there. Yeah. And, that's, and look at the talent they had too, by the way. Yeah, the Ben Burkerbins of the world yes. who don't exist at, at Washington right now. Yes. But my point is I use that example as head coaches take less money out of that pot to pay their assistants and give them stability. BYU, you know, from what I understand, they're trying to figure that out. But the bigger issue between Kalani and BYU right now is the offset language, the buyout. Yeah. They they BYU wants to attach a significant buyout to this, whatever this agreement is that, that they they do, because they do not want to renegotiate his contract every single year. Well, I wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I don't think you can. And I don't blame BYU for that at all. But but I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I agree, you know, with the sentiment that, you know, you're, I think, so I think because BYU is kind of in this transition phase where you were basically not a small-time program, but you weren't doing a lot of winning. There's no doubt you're on a bigger stage now, yes. right? There's no doubt about that. Yes. So as part of being on a bigger stage and going and doing bigger and more grander things and you know going to bigger and better bowls and all this great stuff that we always talk about when we talk BYU, part of that success is that you have to pay the price to continue for the success to roll in. And so, yeah, I mean— if, if if Kalani is is trying to get his people paid, I can respect that. However, I don't think that Kalani is naive enough to be like, well, I'm going to die on this hill, and, and if BYU doesn't want to do that, then I'm going to go and take the SC job or whatever. I, I don't think that that is – that I don't know Kalani. I've never talked to him or anything, but just based on his actions and, and what I see, he doesn't strike me as the guy that's like, you know, setting ultimatums and stuff. I think he's more the guy that – Wants to talk it out, wants to speak his piece, you know, wants to, but, you, you know. That, uh, listen, we need to be very clear here. There is not animus between Kalani Sataki and BYU. Yeah. The, there, the, the relationship with Kalani and his, his staff and the department 
with the university has never been better. Tom Homo and Kalani Sataki have a very strong working relationship. These are matters of money. And that's why you have your people talk to his people. Mm -hmm. Because it's not a personal thing. Writing offset buyout language is always the most difficult part of any contract negotiation. Whether you're a player or a coach, listen, if, if you want out of your contract so you can go coach at Jimmy's Technical Institute, that's going to come at a premium. And when you've had the success that Kalani's had the last several years at BYU, that's going to be a pretty steep premium. So I think this all gets worked out. Ultimately, I believe, based on what I know now, that I, I think Kalani's staying at BYU. I don't think he leaves. But I'm telling you now that the Pac-12 is incredibly attractive to, to most guys that, that are being chased. I mean, when you look at the names – that are up for jobs at Washington and USC. These are not guys that are desperate. Yeah. These are not guys that cannot find other jobs. These are guys that are in demand for every job. And the Pac-12, and I know a lot of people want to downgrade the Pac-12, and if you truly believe that the Pac-12 is down, you're wrong. Yeah. It's, it is temporarily struggling. This conference is going to figure it out. It is a very secular thing with, with the Pac-12. You're going through a year of, of change, in my opinion, um, where you fired your commissioner and you are in a transition trying to, to rebuild. Build back better. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, next question. Yeah, let's move on. The point is you're trying to build a better conference with a new commissioner. You've got to get your rights deal figured out. Certainly they are not at their peaks, but anybody who thinks that they're not going to get back to the very top of college football, I think is, is, is mistaken. Yeah. And if you think jobs in the PAC 12 are unattractive, I'm telling you that you're, you're incorrect. But on the other side of that, it was interesting on Twitter yesterday, all of the Washington fans, a lot of USC fans talking about, Oh, nobody wants a coach at BYU. Well, I would tell you you're completely wrong. It is one of the most under-the-radar quality jobs in all of college football. Mm -hmm. And it is – you are a king. When you are when you are a winning football coach at BYU, you are a king. You are a legend. You have a legacy that will never, ever go away. Lavelle Which Edwards – matters, man. Yes, Lavelle Edwards will always be a king in Provo. Always. And to me, I think Kalani Sataki – meant it when he said this was his dream job. I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah. I don't see him leaving now. And it's not because of the kids. Everybody on Twitter yesterday was like, oh, he wouldn't leave the kids. Yeah, no, he would. Please. Yes, he would. It's a business. It is a business. He is a good man with a big heart. He loves every one of his players. I am, I am a firm believer in that. At the end of the day, it's about Kalani's family first. And what's best for him and his family is what Kalani is going to do. Sorry, and I think folks, that's what it is. And I think he knows right now that's staying at BYU. Real quick, best job available right now: USC, Washington, or LSU. Um, LSU then SC. I think I think the the conference factor and the leadership of the conference and the opportunity you get has to be in the conversation as a head coach of a football team. And I think that yeah, it's harder to win in the SEC, but you're also getting better recruits. You're all. I mean, it's just a bigger better conference right now the boosters are bigger the pockets yeah. are deeper the recruits are more wanting i mean listen i mean you saw what happened when lsu won a national championship yes. i mean we all 
remember that. We all know the Joe Burrow sitting on a couch after the game, smoking a cigar moment. I mean, that's what timeless. Like that's what you're living for as a football team. And I just think right now the SC job is a is a longer road. That said, it's not. I'm not sitting here saying it's impossible to go ahead and win a national championship at SC. I just think that that's probably a four or five season play. I, I really do. I think. You know, you, you're going to spend a season getting through the people that are already there. Then you're going to spend a season trying to recruit all the talent you want. And it's yeah. like, I just think the LSU job is a faster track to success. Uh, Brett Allen says they need to pay him and his staff today. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yep. Uh, James Knight says, what's up, guys? Hello. Uh, Calvin Johnson says, if LSU is a real possibility, you have to take that. If you're Kalani, regardless if BYU is paying well, LSU can and will pay much more. Kalani's not about the money. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think Kalani is very different as a guy. Don't get me wrong. He values money. But I think he values total package. And I think Kalani knows how good he's got it right now. I think I think heading to the Big 12, I think winning the Big 12, which they will be able to do in their first three years, my guess is. Mm-hmm. I think they compete at the top of that conference, especially with OU and Texas leaving. I think they compete at the top of that conference in the first three years. And I think I think Kalani knows he's got it very good right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, CJ says, uh, Kalani stays. We lose a coach to another school only as a head coach, not as a coordinator. We lose a coach to another school only as a head coach, not a coordinator. I don't get that. I don't get that either. Um, oh, he's saying that Kalani's going to stay at BYU, but the only way that one of his assistants would leave is if it was for a promotion to a head coaching position. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, obviously. I, th- I think I, that's what he's saying. Yeah. I don't know that he has a head coach caliber assistant right now. I'm telling you, the, the ability to win at BYU is a special thing because it doesn't, with all due respect to BYU, it's just not something that's been a conversation. You know, obviously it's becoming more and more of a conversation, but I think – you know, they're, the, the winds are changing. The tides are changing, right? Like, there there are things happening at BYU now, and Kalani's at the center of that. And I just don't think, like, if I was an assistant, I wouldn't be leaving. Why would you leave? You're, you're, you're heading into a new conference. You're, you're in a great position. You're, you're, you're competing for a New Year's Six Bowl right now. Like, why would you leave? That just doesn't make a lot of sense, unless you're about the money. And that's fine. Yeah. I respect that. I don't criticize people for that. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with that. Roy Wall says the Pac-12 is mu- a much worse conference. Even with Oregon, they're fighting for last place P5 conference with the ACC. At the moment, they are. <coughs> There's no doubt about that. But I think I think they're coming up in basketball rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the turnaround for football in the Pac-12 is not long. It is not a long arc to turn that around. I mean, they – the level of of talent that exists, if only in the state of California to play football, is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Pac-12 historically has done well recruiting offensive linemen, you know, essentially, you know, west of the Mississippi, um, skill positions. How many Florida kids are in the Pac-12? A ton. I mean, if you look at Texas, it's a ton. Um, you look at Utah on its own, the way that Utah has gone to Texas, Florida, Alabama. If you, you know, you look at, you know, where the, the, the linemen, the only reason that Ohio and Pennsylvania kids don't come out West is because, you know, if you look at Utah and BYU, a lot of linemen are local. 
I mean, because you have a lot of beef in Utah in the Mountain West. You have a lot of beef. So BYU and Utah don't have to travel to go get linemen. They have to travel to go get skill players. Um, and here lately, thanks to the explosion of high school football in Utah, quarterbacks have been deep. I mean, very deep. I mean, if you look at, again, you hate to say Jackson Dart leaving the state, but you look at Jackson Dart, you know, obviously Zach Wilson, like you have a lot of local talent mm -hmm. um, that's doing pretty big things in college football. So I think that's, that's really helped. But the Pac-12 has no problem reaching to recruit. No problem at all. Um, and the fact that you're getting a great education at just about every institution in that conference, yeah, there's a lot to like there. But when we're talking when we're talking current day, sure, I think the Pac-12 is a better conference going forward than the Big 12. And by the way, we also have to wait and see what's going to happen to the Pac-12. How many more schools are going to join the Big 12? What's you know like what's the next round of expansion look like? Because certainly the G5s are are building up their ranks. I think yep. we're seeing a lot of realignment and a lot of expansion there. So that almost always pushes, you know, other teams and other universities to make moves as well. So I think there's a lot up in the air today. Yeah. The big 12 is a better football conference than the PAC 12, three years, five years from now. I don't know that you'll be able to say that. Yeah. Because if you just look at UCLA, UCLA's, you know, a national championship contender in basketball every single year. But I look at USC, USC should be competing for a national championship in college football. And they're going to hire a Titan as a head coach. Yeah. They're going to go and get a big name. And whether that's Kalani or, you know, Franklin or whoever you want to point to, they're going to get their guy at USC. USC is going to be back within two, two, three years because they're just so talented. Mm -hmm. They're poorly coached, but you're incredibly talented at SC. So anyway, here and there. I think in at those jobs, I actually think I would rather have the job at USC than LSU. I think being on the West Coast, lifestyle in LA, like there's I a lot to like. I think I'd rather have SC. I think it's SC, LSU, and Washington. I think Jimmy Lake has left a real stain on the Washington Husky football program. I mean, anytime you're assaulting multiple players, allegedly, I mean, yeah, you don't want to be the guy that replaces Jimmy Lake. You want to be the guy that replaces the guy. That's gonna be tough. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. So we'll see. Washington's got deep pockets, man. They they. I mean, to, you fired Jimmy Lake for cause and had no reason to pay him, and they did anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, so they've got money to spend. That's what that tells you. So not the same at Washington State, by the way, which I don't think is a great job at all. No. Um, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out, by the way. So let's get some more of your comments in here. Um, John Dodder says, "Big uh, bet Sataki remains at BYU because of going to the Big 12. I, I mean – Kalani Sataki certainly wants to be at BYU. But if they're not going to do what needs to be done, I don't think he would have any trouble going and being a head coach in the Pac-12. I don't think he'd hesitate for a minute. I think I think it's great. It's a really big moment in BYU history to get into the Big 12. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of there would be a lot of prestige in winning your first conference championship in the Big 12 if you're Kalani Sataki. Yes. Being the head football coach to do that would be prestigious. Everything's got to line up, though. And I think he has to he he has to believe that his staff is taken care of. There's no doubt about that. You don't have to be LDS per BYU to be a head coach. Come on. Yeah, but come on now. 
You know, like I think it's I, I think no, show me, you don't show have me the to guy be, show but. me the guy who who's not. You know, like it, it it makes a difference. It absolutely makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, Brad Allen says, I wouldn't say the Pac-12 is any worse than the Big 12. Conferences are pretty close on the field. If Tom screws things up, I'll lose my mind. I, I, I it's This is not in Tom Homo's hands. I think Tom makes recommendations, and 99.9% .9 of the time, those recommendations are executed. Um, Money's different, though. Yeah, I would agree. Um, money is the big, big priority with BYU. It's about missionary efforts. No, nah, I wouldn't say money's a priority at BYU. I don't think making money is the main priority. They want a clean-cut boys playing well and professionally. They want BYU to be a household name. Well, a lot of times when you get clean-cut boys playing professionally, it's what you don't find out about. Yeah. No 18 to 21-year-old is perfect. None of them. They yeah. all make mistakes. It, it happens. But if you don't think that Jamal Williams is a teachable moment, yeah. Um, you know, and if you don't, if you want to go back to Harvey Unga, if you want to go back to some of the more sensational issues off the field, if you don't think those are teachable moments, you're crazy. Those are recruitable moments, especially with, you know, like Jamal, let's not forget Jamal's, you know, possession by consumption, mm -hmm. tickets, leaving school, coming back. Oh, by the way, he wound up with the Packers and the Lions now. So I, I think that's a, a very teachable moment. Yeah. You know, like it is, you know. Uh, you do have to be LDS to be a head coach. A temple recommend holding one. That and that's my that's my understanding of it. I think you do have to be LDS. I think you have to be in the church. Jeremy Bolton says, "Yeah, I think you do have to be LDS to coach. Assistants <clears throat> can be non-LDS, but the head coach LDS is a requirement." BYU fan CJ says, "Our women's track coach isn't. That is when they clarified it." Giggity does BYU boost his pay a little to help with the tithing. <laughs> wow come on now that's cold-blooded bro come on that is cold uh barfing chicken says honestly think that if sataki leaves byu he will stay out west the polynesian president presence out west perfectly good pack 12 jobs yes lots of things make jobs out west more appealing for a poly coach absolutely yeah and that's why i say that the poly absolutely. the poly usc connection is not in question yeah so if i'm kalani sataki and BYU were not to work out, which, by the way, I do think it'll work out. I don't think he's leaving BYU. But I let's say let's say that it didn't work out. You know, USC would be would be his number one. I I have no doubt about that. And then from there, I think it's it's kind of a all right. You know, wh wh what else am I choosing from here? But I but I just can't see a world where a Kalani leaves, but then b if he were to leave, that he didn't go to USC because I know for a fact that USC wants Kalani Sataki. There's no that's just not in question so so i don't know man i i i don't think that i think college football and money and head coaches is, in, is incredibly complicated i think that college football as a sport is incredibly complicated and at the end of the day when you're winning football games everything else seems to fall into place and that's exactly what he's doing and so to me i don't think he's going to leave byu and i think that you know for him the thing is is it's beneficial for him to stay at byu out like regardless of what his staff would end up doing, whether they were able to come with or not, for Kalani and his family, he is in a great spot. Yes. You're about you're literally on the precipice. Like, let's not confuse this. He's on the precipice of entering legend status at BYU. Like when I and when I say legend status, I'm talking about, you know, cracking a New Year's six bowl. Then after that, 
getting into the Big 12, and let's say he won the Big 12. Like that, I mean, that's just ridiculous. And then if you win the Big 12, you're talking college football playoff now. So, you know, I just think that, I just think that there's so much opportunity yes. in front of him. How do you let that go to go to SC to rebuild the whole damn thing? Yeah, I, uh, how do I describe this? A BYU alum of the football t- department of the football team. Okay, um, makes it very clear. Um, the volleyball coach, the badminton coach, the water polo coach is not the head football or basketball coach at BYU. Totally agree. The head football coach and the head basketball coach will always be and have always been LDS. Facts. Yeah. And that's that's can't how really I would best it. put it. Can't really I mean, say it any more succinctly than that, people. You know, I, I think I think when you look at this is an age-old conversation. When you look at what stirs the drink in college athletics, and especially at BYU, what's a revenue-generating sport at BYU? Well, those are basketball and football. Yes, and at any school. This I isn't think, a, just a BYU thing. Yeah, right. I think that that's why you have you you have understandings. You know, Tom Homo's not going to hire. You know, I mean, pick the guy. Like Tom Homo's not hiring. Steve Sarkeesian is an interesting example. Is Steve Sarkeesian ever getting the head football coach job at BYU? No. Where did Steve Sarkeesian play college football? I mean, like, you guys, I, you know you know the situation at BYU. Yeah. You are going to be clean cut, a great citizen, a good man, and you're going to be LDS. Another reason to pay Kalani and his people. Because, by the way, What's the other thing? If if Kalani were to get away, let's say, which again, just want to keep saying this, I don't think he is. I think it'll all work out. I really do. But let's say that he were to get away. Well, damn. Now what? If you're BYU, you've literally got – it's a situation for BYU where you've got everything in line. Yeah. You've got your head coach in line. You've got his staff in line. You've got a great recruiting pipeline built. You've got NIL deals happening. Yeah. You've got an ESPN contract. You're going to the Big 12. Like, like you this is nothing to play with. You are dominating this state. Yeah, this is nothing to play with. BYU football is the big ticket, unquestionably right now. Yeah. Now, Utah winds up in the in the Rose Bowl and Witt retires. That's not going to be good. By the way, on the Utah thing, for all the people that I see on Twitter almost on a daily basis saying, oh, well, Utah is in decline and we'll see you after the Rose Bowl. You can't just write off the Rose Bowl, dude. You can't it's, say, you know, like, Utah's in decline and then Rose Bowl. Like, like that doesn't on. work, bro. Like, like, you know, yeah, BYU might be the ticket right now, but it's not like Witten in Utah are burning to the ground. They were burning to the ground eight weeks ago, and they put that fire out and now won a bunch of football games. So, come on. You know, I just I, I, I just wanted to bring that up because I see that so consistently right These now. These conversations are what makes the rivalry unbearable. Yeah. It, it When you cannot understand that college athletics, specifically football in this state, have probably never been better. I, I, there's no need to, to if you're going to show up and say disparaging things about any of the three head coaches in this state right now, if you're going to say anything bad about Kalani or Kyle Whittingham, you're just being foolish. Yeah. Because what is there bad to say about them? I mean, they are, we, we are, it's an embarrassment of riches in this state right now. I mean, it, and obviously, I don't hold Utah State in the same esteem as others. When I look at Utah and BYU, I mean, Utah's going to the freaking Rose Bowl. What are we going to say if BYU is a New Year's Six and, and 
in uh, Utah gets done what we think they're going to get done. I mean, this game, just to be clear, this game, Utah and Oregon, is round two. This Again, this happened in 2019. They were in the same position. Yeah. So if they win this time, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be off the rails, man. I mean, it's going to be I, – I, honestly, like I will be regarding this this Kyle Whittingham football team, this year's team, as one of the best coaching jobs he's ever, ever. done. Ever. Like literally ever in his entire career ever done. Like I, you just don't see it. Roy Wall says there isn't enough money to get me to work or live in L.A. Cali is a second world country at this point. Well, I love visiting Southern California. I don't think I'd ever live there. I, I really don't. I, I love visiting. But for me to you know be able to live in Southern California, I'd need millions of dollars to work with. Yeah, it's not a crap hole. Yeah. That tells me you have no idea what you're talking about. Um, Southern California is beautiful. Southern California has, I can snowboard the morning, surf the afternoon, and then get amazing Mexican food. Um, it's whether you want beautiful homes, condos, green, you name it, you can get it in Southern California. It is unbearably expensive right now. Unbearably expensive. You just cannot, I mean, you can't buy a shoebox for less than a million bucks right now. And it is just unbearably expensive. Yeah. But if you think it's a crap hole and you don't know what you're talking about, and it's not cool, it's not cliche, it doesn't make you a tough guy, it makes you look dumb when you say things like California is a crap hole. Yeah, it's not. Because you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, let's see. Tanner Plummer says, as a BYU and Utah fan, we blow this rivalry out of proportion. Could be. Um. ASU fans are saying if Utah loses both Oregon games, they are they are in over Utah. In ASU what? fans are saying if Utah loses both Oregon games, well, I mean, that's not really how it works, friends. Um, I don't really care enough to find out if it's true. Okay. I, see, and this is the thing that really... It, it's amazing. You do, CJ, you do care. And you already know. I, I don't understand why we have to play this stupid game where it's, oh, I don't care about Utah. I, I, then why are you talking about let's, Utah? Let's say this outlandish thing, <laughs> and then we, when you get when the accountability piece comes in, ah, uh, well, I don't care to know about it. I mean, that, that's not – that's just not productive. Like, I, you know, I love you, bro, but that's just that's, – that's just – frankly, that's just weak sauce out of you. That's just like a weak take. I mean, that's not – Why Utah fans – and why BYU fans have to say, well, I don't care about Utah. Yeah, well, I don't do. care about BYU. Yeah, you do. I, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You do. That's why, that's why, that's why all the BYU fans were celebrating their ass off like they had just, you know, solved world hunger when they beat Utah this year, right? Come on. You, you know every game that BYU and Utah play. And it, it just – anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. All right. Make sure you hit subscribe. If you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up. Give us a subscribe um, because we're giving away this Xbox Series S. Now that we've actually finally gone over 2,600 subscribers. It's amazing. We are on the downhill uh, to 3,000, which is when we'll give this Xbox Series S away. All you have to do is hit subscribe, take a picture that you're subscribed, and then tag us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. And that is what gets you entered into win this Xbox Series S. Jake is SLC Supercars. I am the Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, the Monty Show. 
Jacobs SLC Supercars. Chris Karn says, I want Utah to win Saturday and then Oregon to win the Pac-12 championship game. Go Cougs. Ooh, the ultimate kick in the balls. Yeah. See, now that I can respect. Yeah. I love that. Uh, James Knight says, forgive my ignorance, but why do you guys only talk BYU and not the other Utah football teams? We talk Utah football a lot on this show. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about like Utah State and Weber. And... Okay. So why do we only talk Utah and BYU? Well, because do, the math is why we talk Utah and BYU. Yeah. If if Utah State had a fan base and really anybody that cared, we would talk more Utah State. <laughs> but considering all 13 of their season ticket holders sit in a thimble, okay, I'll stop. Aggie tears. That's where I'll leave hey, it. You start talking shit. You know. Because BYU moves the meter way more than Utah. Eh, I don't know about I that. I don't know about way more, but... I, I don't mean, know about that. You know. And he says, because of Jaron Hall. Well, that's why we talk BYU well, so much. I mean, the greatest quarterback that's ever lived um, is not Jaron Hall. It's so, Jacob you know, Conover. Yeah, Come on. thank you. It's thank Jacob Conover. Thank you. Don't we disrespect know that. my boy, JC. Well, no, it's a quitter quarterback is the greatest quarterback who sucked and has a noodle Yeah, arm. but he's still chilling in the portal, is he? Is that where he is? He's a jerk. Uh, Jordan Crabb... <laughs> Jordan Crabtree says, winner of the rivalry naturally gets more coverage. Truth. Jeremy Bolton says, Jaron Hall is the Caruso of college football. Hey, he does wear a headband under his helmet. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying nobody's ever played a tribute video for Jaron Hall the way that the Lakers did for Alex Caruso. I really don't care if you think it's us. And then Alex came out and scored no points. Bet you weren't expecting this one. Barfing Chicken <laughs> says, Dixie, <laughs> Dixie State, soon to be Utah Tech. Neat. Why? Why? Neat. And I like St. George so much. They have Jack in the Box. Like, what's not to like? Man. Dude. Oh, that's right. Utah Tech. How is there not a Jack in the Box on the way to Mammoth Mountain? How, how is that even a a, a, a okay. possibility, bro? Let me break the news to you. It's There is. There's not. You just there's don't know not. how to use it's a map program. It's 50 miles out of the way to Bishop. We're not doing a 50-mile trip just for an ultimate cheeseburger. I'm sorry. You know, you say stuff like that, and it, you know how much that hurts my feelings. Yeah, I've been immunized. Yeah. That you, <laughs> yeah. That you say things like that about Jack, who is my soulmate. Uh-huh. That you say, well, 50 miles out of the way. <coughs> Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I'm not. I will fly to Timbuktu to get a, an ultimate cheeseburger. Yeah, but the fries are the real. You and I both know In-N-Out has the best fries. No, it doesn't. That nobody ever likes. Yeah, it's trash. Listen. Fat! Listen. I'm happy to drive to St. George to get Jack in the Box. Oh, I would do that. Yeah. You watch your mouth. Yeah, I would go down to St. George. <laughs> you do a St. George run? Okay. What is it? With, like, what food do you mean? Now, a week from now, you will have eaten taco surf already. Or yeah. no, you'll be on your way I don't, to eating so taco surf. So here's the surf. thing. I don't know. I, I mean, I may, I'm not sure. I mean, I may have to Uber to get taco surf because I'm getting taco surf. One way or the other, I'm getting it. So I won't have a car. I'll be in LA one day and I won't have a car. So I'll have to see. I'll have to see. I'll have to see. Got to come up with solutions. <laughs> I want my pipeline burrito. Listen to me. I'm just going to say this now. I want it. If you go to L.A. and I don't get the layover that you get, I'm actually flying, you know, first class direct to Hawaii because I'm Ooh, a baller. Tough guy. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, you're doing a layover Tuesday into Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And I'm uh, you. I'm I'm serious. If you do not eat a taco surf, I will drown your ass in the ocean when we get to Hawaii. I know you will. I want it. 
Yeah, I know you do. What happened there? Yeah, I, I want it twice. I'm telling you now, if you do not eat taco surf, it, and it's on principle alone, I will murder you. Okay. And I'll drop that mother. I will. I will rearrange your face that's, with a shovel. That's not nice. Well, it's not, but it's facts. That's not nice. Bro. I will be so upset with you if you do not. I have longed and thirsted for taco surf. Uh huh. And for you to go to LA with 12 hours of time and not eat at taco surf. And if you don't show me pictures, it didn't ever happen. Mm -hmm. How dumb do you think I am? Yeah, I understand, dude. I'm not taking your word for it. I know you're not taking my word for it. I understand. Giggity says Jake going straight for that chicken burrito. In LA. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. You already know. You already know. Oh, Giggity nailed it. Oh, you, I'm sorry. I'm going for the chicken burrito uh, in some third world country. My yeah, bad. The, My whatever. Bad. Wall. Afghanistan. Yeah, Afghanistan. Yeah, thanks, Donnie. Thanks, Donnie. Appreciate it, bro. Greg Hawkins says, "Up, sup, gentlemen. What's, What's up? up? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. I'm I just, I wish. I'm so jealous. Why isn't Jack in the Box more popular in Utah? I don't know. They're if opening. I, let me, wait, let me look. Let me look. Dude, I, I really want If I, I, I thought about trying to pull an investor together and getting five Jack in the Boxes opened here. Because it just will be an ATM machine. The problem is it's going to be like stupid crispy chicken place, whatever it's called, Canes, here in South Jordan, where there's a line around the block for like six months now. Like, we don't do anything in Utah on Sunday. Jack in the Box. Except eat at Canes. Has plans for 76 locations in Utah in the future. There's no set date. I want my tacos. Do you want to set up the meeting? I do. Oh, Chris Carn says, Monte, I have Jack in the Box Insider Info. Let's talk. Let's go, Chris. I'm I'm serious. I would do it. I'm 100% about it. I mean, I think that, that I mean, hell, you look at the Raising Canes in South Jordan, you know, <laughs> causing traffic jams. I think Jack in the Box would do just fine. Is there a place you miss eating at? A place? Mastro's. Mastro's. I you, miss Mastro's being 20 minutes away. I do. I miss Mastro's a lot. That's true. Being drunk and eating a steak is, there's not much like it. Frankly. Oh, yes. Barfing chickens. I wish they had Yoshinoya in Utah. Ugh. I'm so fat. I it, I love, I, mm. oh, the things I no longer eat because I, I'm getting healthier. Yeah. You know, I, Yoshinoya is so average. No, it's not. Oh, hell. No, it's not. Here we go. Are you going to bring back the E. coli burger with that jack-in-the-box? Why, Bolton? Why? D D the pepper on the jack ultimate cheeseburger. It's phenomenal. The mustard with the pepper is crazy. Jeremy, listen. Listen. Okay, let me sit up straight. Listen. Listen to me. It's just you and I. Hey, look at me. Jeremy? I've tolerated your BS with Alex, Alex Caruso. Mm -hmm. Okay. I will not tolerate BS on Jack. Jack's no, my, I guess not. Yeah. Jack's my bro. Jack does not do E. Coli. That was some other branding package at the time that a bunch of people died eating at Jack in the box. What's wrong with you? You know, that happens. Don't you be slandering Jack. Don't Jack in the box is amazing. Bolton. You may become my nemesis, sir. I will downsize your face with a shovel. Okay, okay, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Caruso is still overrated. Spinal. <laughs> Love you, Jeremy. Um, 
By the way, did anybody see my R and we? The Chicago Bulls dismantle the Lakers last night. Yeah. Uh, how about Lonzo Ball? Yeah, dude. There's a lot of blood in that rivalry. I'm and I'm calling it a rivalry. You've got Lonzo, you've got Caruso, like you've got boys that used I, to be Lakers. I'm telling you right now, man. Well, the Bulls are back. The Bulls are back. The Bulls are fun to watch. They are fun to watch. Oh, Chris, stop it. Chris Carn says Jack is no Portillo's. Portillo's fries oh. with cheese and a hot dog. Unbeatable. Oh. Unbeatable. I'm dying. Is there not a Portillo's in Utah either? I don't think there is. If dude, there's a Portillo's is, what, here and I don't know dude, about it. What what kind of town is this? Well, because everybody kind of gets boned over in? in and out. Where are we at in society today? Yeah, dude. Like, what the hell kind of town do we live in? Jack tacos are spicy crap in a tortilla. Taco Bell head. Doesn't wit. care. They taste just fine. CJ, God, what is wrong with you guys? Like, it's only Tuesday. You can't be saying that Taco Bell is better than Jack Tacos. I'm a carb-eating motherfucker. It's Tuesday. Save that for, like, Thursday. It's Tuesday. Man. Good Lord. It became personal with me. Thank you, Cam. Jack in the box is the best. We know. Yeah. Thank you. Hawkins. Greg Hawkins says Utah lacks the best food chains. Yeah. I know. And they closed the Marley's by my house. I like the Marley sliders. Those okay, they good. were expensive, though. Yeah. They were really expensive. Yeah. Hell no. Closest Portillo's is Arizona or SoCal. And the Ooh. Scottsdale Portillo's is really good. Dude, we met your boy there. Yeah, Jimmy Mack, Jim McMahon, and I. We had a bro hug. It was amazing. At ja at Portillo's. Did a little pee come out? or? Yes. No, it wasn't pee. Oh, okay. Got it. Anyway. Yeah. The point is, right. okay. Portillo's is very good. Okay. Yeah. The burgers are Arctic Circle level as well. What are you... Bro, d you did not just say that Jack in the Box it. burgers are on Arctic Circle's level. Dude, Arctic Circle is a hole in the wall in on some rando corner. Jack in the Box is like a... Jack in the Box is like He said a, rando. You know, yeah, Jack in the Box is like a savior <laughs> waiting for you after a five-hour drive. You know, come on. I'm telling you. It's because you guys, I think there is brain disease because you guys haven't eaten Jack in the Box in the last 20 years. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. When that first Jack opens and you get Jack in your mouth and... Wow. Okay, that came out. Wow. See, well, I meant wow. to have that one. Uh, <laughs> when you get that ultimate... That number six. I How fat am I? It's a number it's six a number at six Jack six in the Box. large with lemonade. Light lemonade? Light lemonade, sorry. Minute made light lemonade? Yeah, a number six at Jack in the Box. Yep. Number seven if you want to do it big. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe what I'm hearing right now. Jack is B tier. Arctic what? Circle is a solid D minus. Okay, I was going to say. I was going to say. Come on now. Greg Hawkins coming through. Steve Peterson said that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Fat. I like Arctic Circle shakes, though. Yeah, they are good. Oh, I've their had shakes one. are phenomenal. The I've thing with one. Arctic Circle is the portions are massive. So you can get, like, a large shake that'll feed an entire country. But, see, country. if I'm getting a shake right now, I'm going to the Big H. Mm, I'm man, going to the dude. Big H. I'm getting a patty melt and a shake, man. There Hires? isn't really anything. It, that's, see, in Utah, 
the Big H is kind of a hidden gem. There's nothing like cruising down there because they're not over here in South Jordan. You cruise on go over. go up to Cottonwood. You know, you cruise on over. You get your shake. You what run is up, that, Fort Union? Yeah, it's Fort Union. Then you run up Cottonwood Canyon for sunset, like, and you're drinking your shake, and you're feeling the mountain air. Like, it's, it's, it's just, as, you know, it's the thing. James Knight says, how do you guys rate Carl's Burgers? We're getting a few open down here in Lato. Australia. <laughs> they're terrible, dude. Terrible. Not you a don't fan. like Carl's Jr.? No, not a fan. I haven't been to a Their Carl's burger, Jr. In... So their burger is, and I think Burger King needs to come into this discussion because there's, see, to me, the the other thing with burgers that never gets no. talked about is how messy they are. If you can put together a burger, and this is why I like Jack, if you can put together a burger that's organized and tastes good, you've got me. But I have messed up a black t-shirt or seven at at jack with the mustard mayo drip thing. yeah but that man that combo is nice oh, so it good. is so good so good but th see that but that's why you got to get the meal not just the sandwich because the meal comes in the cardboard box so there's a little more structure there the 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 sandwich on its own just comes in the paper so it's kind of messy jeremy bolton says carl's is the brewer of burgers Okay. I don't know what that means. Charlie, the quitter quarterback. Ah, okay. Uh, BYU fan CJ says, come up to Jake's over the top by Weber. Um, if you want great shakes and cheese fries, burgers are solid. Nice. Uh, so wait, this place is called Jake's? Jake's over the top by Weber. Okay. Might have to try that out. Up North County. Okay. Carl's Jr. has a pretty good barbecue chicken burger and good waffle fries. I'm not. I'm not okay. There's one, in, there's one at the district. Here we go. Here we go. What? Okay, first of all, can we just agree that waffle fries are way overrated? Are they? Yes. This is a code ten of pork. It's the one reason I am not the guy that's like, oh, Chick-fil-A. But come on, the chicken oh, at Chick-fil-A is good. Oh, Chick-fil-A. Come on. Oh, my God. Chick-fil-A. French fries suck. Yeah, exactly. Go Hawks. Chick-fil-A french fries suck. And they're waffle cut. Go Hawks. Exactly. Now, you want to talk about french fries? Let's let's talk about some five guys. <laughs> uh, you know. I will say the peanut oil fry at five guys mm. with some with mm, some ketchup mm, is just mm. raising my cholesterol every freaking day. I'm about it. Mm, mm, let's go, baby. Mm, mm, mm. Let's go. Oh, man. How did we get here? Um, I don't even know. Neville dude. 93 says, I know what Jack in the Box is about, and it's amazing. I'm from Compton, California. Let's Compton. go, baby. Let's go. I used to eat that all the time. Wow, the Jumbo Jack. That's my favorite. Oh, Neville. Dude. It's as though you reached into my soul. I'm telling you, a, a <laughs> burger from Jack plus oh. two tacos and a shake is just phenomenal, dude. Oh. Phenomenal, bro. Mm. Chubbies. Yes, in Utah County. Chubbies. Does yes, Nick's sir. Chubb shop there? Nick's Chubb, yes. Chubby's gives you Nick's Chubb, yes. Okay. Chubby's is good. Okay. Shout out to Mo Bamba, rando. Yes, I just love it. Shout out to Mo Bamba. Yeah. In and out. 737 driver says in and out, worst fries. Amen. Yeah, their fries are not good. I'll never eat it in and out again. And I it. haven't really missed it, you know? There's an in and out. You. There's an in and out right down Bangator over here, and I'm not doing it. Yeah, there's no, there's two in the area. There's one down Bangor, and then there's one down Four Thousand West. There is one down Four Thousand yeah, West. Yeah, there's two in the area, and I'm not going to them. No kidding. 
That's right. Wow, look at you, fatty. Yeah, I'm fat, dude. You know Trust right me, where I they know, are. I know where they are, yeah. All right, so now we're not going to get to your to your football takes. No, it's fine. Tomorrow. Um, Tomorrow. Your physical. Yeah. Thumb in the butt hoe. Nope, no thumb in the butt, no ball grabbing, nothing. Sat on the table. <laughs> wow. Sat on the table. Just blurt that out. Yeah, I mean, it's hey, this is what it is, getting physical, you know? You know, sat on the table, you know. Talked about life, and he was in there for like 15 minutes. The whole, the Wait, highlight. Clarify when you say he was in there for 15 minutes. Can, Go Hawks. Yeah, thank you. Can you clarify what you he, mean by he, he was, was in there? In the chair in the room. Oh, he was in the room with you for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, Butthole. I mean, you know. Barfing Chicken says they used to work at Top Golf. Smokehouse Burger is the best there. Okay. I miss. I haven't Top been Golf. to Top Golf in a minute. Um. Jeremy Bolton wants to know if there was an ass vacuum. No, there was no ass vacuuming. Nope. He the guy the doctor straight up said he's like, I don't see many people your age in here. So what are you doing in here? What brings you here? Okay, today? so what did what did we learn from your physical? That I have high cholesterol. Just, so just if you listen to the show yesterday, what did I say? What did I say? What did I say what happened? We went in. What did he tell me? Oh, you're fat. You need to lose weight. And your cholesterol is a little high. Okay, great. Thanks, Doc. Could have told you that myself. Awesome. Would like it to be known that I'm not celebrating your high cholesterol. I'm not celebrating your high cholesterol. Think that's HIPAA? I'm celebrating your high colonic. Uh, no, I'm, you don't even know what that is. Uh, that's an ass vacuum. Um, Another uh, high colonic, yeah. Water, you know, all the way up the tube, you know. Anyway, the point is, um, I, yes, exactly. I'm not celebrating your high, your high cholesterol, but tell me now that you are not happy you went to the doctor. Yeah, I mean, it's great to get a confirmation I have high cholesterol. Neat, you know. I'm that doesn't mean that I was thrilled to be, you know, fasted for half the day yesterday and in a shitty ass mood in the morning. You were then, really like, not was, in a good place. Yeah, dude, I was exhausted. It's not fun. Like, it's not like all of that just to tell me that. My BMI is too high, you know, which is, you know, how your 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 overall weight in proportion to your frame. Hey, your BMI is high. You need to lose some weight yeah. and you have higher cholesterol. Neat. OK, so I have to eat more vegetables. I have to take more cholesterol and, you know, CoQ10 and live my life. That's what we found out yesterday. So it's fine. Like, yeah, it's confirmation. I get okay, it. OK, so to be clear. Yeah. You don't, and this is HIPAA for sure, Dad. Yeah, this is definitely HIPAA, this but is, it's fine. This is definitely HIPAA. Yeah. Think that's um, HIPAA? It is HIPAA. Yeah. And Bolton wants to know where the vacuum sound drop is. Man, um, you are, you are, uh, you know. Jeremy Bolton's now calling for sound drops. Good job looking at the camera. Um, but <laughs> that's not what we're about. Yeah, we don't do that on this show. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought earlier. Oh, so it, you don't have high cholesterol. You are on the border. Mm -hmm. You are the funny thing is, is I was all upset about my cholesterol numbers and Why mine were, were actually because mine were good, but not great. You're just right on the line. You are one point from being high cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And so that's a concern. Yeah. So it's not like you're unhealthy. I mean, you are fat, you whale ass. Yeah, but I, am I mean, fat. there's no doubt. Fat. Duh. Yeah. Obviously, Hello. You know, chicken burrito. Yeah, no, it's not I'm an getting my I'm getting my pipeline and I want my chips and salsa. It's not an accurate. Next though. Tuesday at noon, I'm going to Taco Surf. Yeah. And I'm going to the one by the beach. It's not inaccurate, by the way. You do are fat. Three fourths of this is inaccurate. No, it's not, coach. Because uh, it's garbage. No. But you can't tell me you're not glad that you know this is going on now. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, sure. I'm happy to know that I that you know, like I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm happy to know that I have 
high cholesterol <clears throat> or like higher cholesterol, however you want to categorize it. But, you know, I it just it, the, the whole process is a pain in the ass, dude. Like, n- like I probably so how did the blood draw long. go? Oh, the blood draw. That was the highlight of the whole thing. Thank you. That That's what I was going to talk about before. So, you know, the doctor comes in the room. We talk for probably 20 minutes and, you know, he he leaves. He's like, all right, I'm going to send the nurse in to get your blood and all that. Was she hot? No, it was a he. Oh, it was. It wasn't the hot tattooed nurse that you would, you know, reference before. So, you know, it's fine. Guy was a nice guy. Older gentleman, probably 50 or 60. Something right, like that. You right. know, nice dude or whatever. So, you know, he's got to, you know, they got to put the thing around your arm, the little band to make your veins pop a little bit so they can see him. And this guy's, like, feeling around my right arm, and he's like, yeah, I think that's a vein. Like, I can't really see it. Let me try the other arm. And, you know, 10 minutes later, once he's done, you know, feeling my arm up, he's like, yeah, I'm going to have to have you go down to the lab, and, and they'll do it down there. I get down to the lab, check in. 10 minutes later, I'm, I'm getting stuck. This nurse in the lab is like, he's talking to me. He's having a, We're having a full conversation while he's doing all this. They I'm didn't just watching draw him. your blood in the room? No. He sent me down to the lab because he couldn't find a vein. I get down to the lab. Buddy in the lab is like, all right, here we go. I need you out of here in like five minutes. we got a lot of people waiting, so here we go. We're going to get this done. He starts talking to me or whatever. He sticks it in my arm, misses, doesn't take it out of my arm, just turns it just and then goes deeper around. into my arm. <laughs> and, like, you know, the blood comes pouring out into the vial. And I'm like, great, all right, you're, you're obviously a professional. You know what this is about. So, you know, it, it wasn't bad or anything. It just was like See, the whole thing is just a pain in the ass. That's the funny thing is I have, like, huge bulging veins in my arm because I'm vascular because I lift. Uh, anyway, the point is I've always had, like, shallow veins in my arm. Yeah, and so, you know, it was fine. I, my biggest complaint is just that the whole fasting thing and trying to do sales while you're fasted and being oh, burnt geez. out on Yelp is miserable. Like, now today I'm going to have to do, like, two or three deals because yesterday was an ass-kicking at Yelp. And, and it's fine. That's, like, part of the game. But – I just, man, like, I just was, it's just an unenjoyable process. And next time, I don't think that, you know, I would fast. I don't think I would skip breakfast on the fast. Let me put it that way. I I think if if you do, if you do your physical, because this is one thing the first nurse that came in to check me in once I was in the room said, he was like, hey, so you've, have you been fasted? And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm super hungry. I've been fasted since eight o'clock last night. So, you know, yeah, I'm definitely fasted. He was like, yeah, that's probably a bit too long. You know, you with your appointment being at like 1.30, you definitely could have had breakfast, and then that would have been fine. And I was like, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Like, you know, I didn't feel like that was that was allowed. He's like, yeah, you know, typically, you know, you could have hours. Little, you could have had a little something, and you would have been fine. Like, not a lot, but, like, you could have had a piece of fruit or, like, you know, something up that alley, and you would have been fine. And I'm like, yeah, mm, next time I'll just schedule my physical for the morning, and, Duh. you know, then I won't have – all this nonsense. You know. Barfing Chicken says, honestly, wouldn't be surprised if I'm pre-diabetic. James Knight says, a little ironic. We're talking about burger joints into Jake's doctor's appointment and his high cholesterol. And, and so that's and so thank you. And so this brings me back to my original point, which I said yesterday on the show, which is, yeah, sure. I have high cholesterol in my family lineage. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I work out six days a week, you know, like I for the most part, I ate pretty well. Yes, I have my fair share on the weekends, but during the week I eat pretty well. You know, and it's just about supplementing and drinking water and doing all the stuff. You What's interesting is I don't have high cholesterol or heart disease on my side of the family. Mm-hmm. My wife does, and her cholesterol is high. Mm-hmm. Mine's pretty good. You do. Yours is high. Mine's pretty good. Genetics, I'm telling you, it's all DNA. Yeah, he genetics. said that. He was like, yeah, genetics play a big role. He was like, this isn't anything that I'd be freaking out about. It's definitely something to, you know, pay attention to, but it's not something that I would be yeah. like – 
stressing over or, you know, really worrying about just as long as you, you know, take care of yourself, you're like, you'll be fine. Yeah, you know. You know, and so it's just, it's just, you know what it is, man? It's one of those things where getting a physical, if you don't execute it perfectly, completely takes you out of your, your flow of the day, you know? So I get home at probably 2 o'clock. You know, the appointment was at one twenty. I get home at probably 2, 2.15. And, you know, it's 5.30 before I know it, and I haven't done anything the whole day because I've been in a piss-poor mood because I was hungry, you know? And, and then we go to the gym last night. Yeah. And it is overflowing with humanity and likely COVID. Yeah, and probably insane. Probably herpes. I mean, as busy as so I've seen it in months. I've never seen it that busy. So we didn't go in. And it got us into this discussion of, okay, well, where are you comfortable going? I'm not going into an overflowing gym right now. And the Vaza in South Jordan is, is on the smaller side. So when it's packed, you're on top of each other. I mean, you're a bunch of like monkeys rolling around in a, a pile of feces. And it's not good. Yeah. Probably too descriptive. Yeah, but the, be nice. But the point is, yeah, I'm not going in there. And that brought us to a conversation about Disneyland. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about this in all seriousness. Am I the only one who thinks $154 just to go to Disneyland? That's not a park hopper. You can't go to California Adventure as well. So just to be really specific, the day, like one day at one park, not, not park hopper, just one park is like $104. And then you add the park hopper on top of that for $60. Okay. So now we're at $164. And then you got to add the $30 Food. parking ticket on top of that. So now you're at $194. Then food. Now you're at probably $230 with, if you're feeding two kids, right? And yourself and your and your wife or whatever. $230. You're probably closer to $300. Okay, $300 for one park for one day. That's crazy. So let's say that you wanted to take your kids to, to Disneyland and California Adventure for three days. No chance. That's a that's probably a $1,500 to $1,000 venture, which is fine. But I'm just telling you right now, I, for me – not having kids and being in, being a single dude like that doesn't sound appealing to me. Like I'd rather go snowboarding or you know, oh my god, whatever. Provo Pit Barbecue says I just got back from Disney. Six people, three days with meals in room ran me almost four grand. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like four grand. I mean? So so you've got the ticket now. Let me ask. Let me ask this dude this. Oh, Where did you guys have the park hopper? Or was that just just yeah? Disney Provo went? Pit was that park hopper or just one park like? I, I don't under, I, listen. Disney's cool. We when we lived in L.A., we had season passes, so we went all the. But day. it was a different time. Then. It was. It was different. And now I just can't see doing it. And all of this stuff where you have to have the app to get reservations, and there's no more like. So the Star line Wars skipping. ride. The Star Wars ride. To get on, so the Star Wars ride is not one you can just walk up to and get in line like you used to be able to do with Pirates of the Caribbean or whatever, right? Star Wars, you have to use the, the Disneyland app or whatever. You have to schedule the time that you're going to be there. And there's yes. only two scheduling periods per day. And one of those scheduling periods is before the park even opens. The problem with that is <laughs> to schedule, you have to be on the premise of the park. You have to be in the park to schedule it. Uh, Provo Pitt says, yeah, buddy, we had park hoppers. Woo. Okay, so you, you were able to go to both parks, but it ran you about four, what do you say, four? Four grand. So, you know, like, I don't know. Is that, like, to me, that kind of makes sense. Okay, four grand, like he Dude. said, six people. Like, all right, if you're splitting that up between, you know, four grand between six people, I mean, what is that? Like, what is that, uh, 700 bucks piece-ish or so? No, that'd be, that'd be about 800 bucks a piece or so. You know, so I don't know, man. It just is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't love that. 
I don't love that. It's a lot of money. I would rather, I'd rather go to Denver or, I mean, I would rather do just a Southern California trip, you know, like for four grand, I could get out to SoCal and live well for a week. About 600. Okay, bro, put your damn calculator Okay, 4,000 divided by six is $666 a person. Shout the Mobamba. It's the devil. Uh, Fat Jesus says, tough choices, Disneyland or hookers and blow? You know, I mean, these are all things as men we have to kind of figure out. Jake, if you don't want to have to bring your kids to Disneyland, James Knight has some advice. Okay. You better keep uh, little Jake suited up for the game then, Jake. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Tanner says, I completely agree. I went to Disneyland last summer and I was beyond tick that they didn't include California Adventure in the package. Way yeah, because California Adventure is better than Disneyland. It always has been and always will be. If you're any kind of adult, you like California Adventure better than Disneyland. Tanner Plummer says the Star Wars ride, Star Wars ride was dope, though. Really? Um, Greg Hawkins says it runs about the same price, Fat Jesus. Hookers and Blower Disneyland, hey. probably. Yep. Uh, B, uh, CJ says, I have no desire to go to Disney. I'll stay with family in Florida and take my kids to the beach and eat non-tourist places. So wait, and then before we skip over this, all of that, right? The money, the logistics, all of that on top of the pandemic. Yeah. Chris, that's the other thing. Chris Carn says doing it right now. 4k is very accurate. Ooh. So that's what I mean. Is, so let me ask this is 4k for, and, and I think Chris has what two kids or something like that. Like, you know, Chris has a family just like the other guy does, you know, is 4,000 a reasonable number in your mind? Like, you know how, like for a tank of gas, you would expect it to be 40 or $50 is 4,000 to go to Disneyland. Does that seem like a reasonable number? No, or that's that crazy seem, money. Yeah. So like to me, that's crazy money, but I don't know. I don't have kids and a family and all that good stuff. So maybe that is reasonable. I have no idea. Provo Pit Barbecue says where they get you is snacks. Looking at the credit card bill, it says churro, 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 Coke, 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 churro, churro, churro. <laughs> right? And those corn dogs at California Adventure. Oh, my God, dude. The corn dogs. Oh, my God. The best part of California Screaming is the fact that you come to a complete stop before they launch you. That's the best part of that ride. Dude. Yeah, it's anticipation. I love that ride. I love that ride. Yeah, dude. All right, so a week from now, you'll be at the airport already. I will have yes. dropped you off at the airport already. T okay, really quick before we go. This whole clear thing. What, what is all this not this clear nonsense? Okay, so clear basically is another level of identity confirmation that gets you through lines much more quickly. Okay. And I'm telling you, it is it's amazing. So so going to Hawaii, it's yeah. gonna they're gonna have uh, confirmed your vaccination status already. So you're going to get to skip the lines in Hawaii. Okay. So what is the process for this? So you have to like go We're, to the airport. So tonight or... we're going to the airport too. Cause I, as an Amex platinum customer, I get clear with my thing, with my membership. Uh -huh. Um, and you get as a, as an Amex guy, you can be a clear guy for only $60 through me. Oh, so it works out very well. Um, you know, Provo Pitt says we did the corn dogs. I'm pissed off that Monte Cristo sandwich being half the size of what they used to be. Oh, yeah, dude. I love Monte Cristo. Sandwiches. So wait, this clear. So thing. the clear thing is another level of identity confirmation. So you have to go to the airport and basically what you they just... scan your eyeballs or your fingerprints. OK. Um, And then essentially you give you provide them information oh, Okay. and they say, OK, yeah, cool. You're clear. You're good to go. And that means you don't go through TSA pre-check. You go right through the clear line. Hmm. Um, and, like, and this is so because you're Amex, it's a $60. But 
How much would it usually be if like you were? Is it is this like a hundreds of dollars? Thing? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's a pretty good deal. I mean, I think that the thing is, is like the whole COVID dynamic when you're flying is really interesting to me. Like, you know, you have to do, you have to like going to Hawaii, you have to submit your vaccination cards and, you know, answer a bunch of questions and all this stuff, which I get. I don't think it's dumb, but I just, it's, it's funny how much is added to the process of flying. Cause I haven't flown in a minute, you know, I haven't flown since before the pandemic and obviously before the pandemic, it was much easier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it is, um, I think it's worth it. I think, well, it sounds worth if it. If you mean, don't listen to me, if you don't have TSA pre-check, which I, I don't, you're crazy, but clear is clear is clear provides that. Yeah, it's providing that. Um, I mean, it is just, you're crazy. Yeah. A TSA pre-check is a game changer. It is absolutely a game changer. And clear membership is $179 a year. TSA pre-check is only $85 for five years. So with so TSA pre-check is the better bargain, but clear is the more efficient. Route. Yes. Clear expedites the document identity screening process and TSA pre-check expedites the physical screening process. So it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know. Yeah, you're saving a hundred and and yeah. Oh, I'm definitely about it. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, you're saving one hundred nineteen dollars. And, yeah. and I'm no expert in this, but based on what Mrs. Monty has been telling me, the lines once you get to Hawaii, I guess, are like really long and or something like that because of COVID and like uh, there's some dynamic at the you know Maui airport or whatever. Yeah, and it's biometrics. That's the thing. Like, it's your fingerprints, your eyeball scan. Like, um, yeah. So you can't get hacked. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is, it is, you know, $15 a month clear membership allows you to pass through expedited airport security. Clear also offers you two free plans, a sport pass that helps you shorten the time it takes to enter sports venues and a newly launched health pass that allows you to share both your COVID-19 vaccine status and any recent negative test results with airport personnel. Wow. Well, that's worth it in and of itself. Yeah. Okay. Clear is in 50 airports and stadiums in New York City, for example. Clear is available at LaGuardia, JFK, Westchester, City Field, Madison Square Garden, and Yankee Stadium. Man, New York takes it so seriously. Yes. Absolutely. If you're a U.S. citizen or legal permanent residence over 18, you're eligible to apply for Clear. Well, wow. I yeah. mean, that's 100% worth it. By the way, by the way. Yeah. I am so stoked to go fishing in Hawaii. Yeah, I've never. I, so I've never done this. Ever We're going deep life. sea fishing with a, a company called Strike Force Maui. Strike Force. Strike Force. Ripped on the rack. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. So, about okay. That. Well, we, we should go. We should go. We can talk about the Hawaii checklist before the week's over. What's your go to food in Hawaii, Giggity says? Oh, man. Dude. Some kind of. Some a kind of. Burrito. <laughs> 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 you're an idiot so mama's fish house on maui mama's fish house is a must mm -hmm. um we go a couple of times when we're there every you know we try to go to maui every year yep uh mama's fish house on maui is and i'm a maui guy so uh on maui i am absolutely a mama's fish house guy yep um you know Yep. That's just where I'm at. Uh, I did global entry. It includes no customs and universal pre-check for 100 bucks. Totally worth it. Every time I come back to the U.S., I skip at least three hours worth of lines. Worth it 100%. See, I got – see, so I think next year – see, I got to get my passport renewed in the in the new year. I got I to gotta send that thing in and get that thing renewed, and then we got to do a – we got to do something. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. 
Burger King tacos are a close second to Jack tacos. Never had them. Seasickness sucks ass. Luke Skywalker. Yeah, every ass. time I get back on a boat, it takes me a minute to get acclimated. Like, all right, you're not gonna die. I, you know, the ocean. You is have a you have a you have an ocean thing. Yeah, the ocean is a bit intimidating, but you know, once once you're out there, it's fine. So we're definitely going uh, deep sea fishing twice. Yeah, let's fire. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. And then my wife's got every day, every minute of every day for the rest of the trip planned. I have I no just, say in the Can I just say do. this? And maybe this makes me degenerate. I can't wait to be drunk on the beach. Yeah, I know. Me too. Like, that's all I want, dude. My wife actually doesn't have every minute of every day planned. No, it's going to be a great trip. It's honestly, it's going to be a great trip. Honestly. Yeah. Brit, my wife is in the background saying she has time to do that, so yeah. don't worry. Right. Yeah, okay. like there's going to be a bunch of pool days. We're staying in a, a beautiful resort. I got to get a huge rash guard and like, I want to get a new piece of luggage. Yeah. We need to do some shopping this weekend. Yeah. Like, you know, cause you need to get some luggage. Yeah. I want to, I want to get some, some rash guard, some, 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 you know, so yeah, that'll be good. Okay. Good talk. I got sunglasses though. We already got that checked off the list. So yeah, I have my douche goggles. Yeah. Douche goggles. Yep. Uh, James Knight says, honey. (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, I haven't. Giggity says, did you hear about the Russian and Chinese ships chilling off the coast of Hawaii? Why, Giggity? Okay. All right. Why bring that up? All right. Man? Let me go ahead and find Hey, the by the way, if, if I'm going to get nuked, I'll, I'm happy to do it on Hawaii. Let's go. Yeah, there you go. Got to play the music. Uh, hit subscribe. <laughs> Please give us a thumbs up and a like. Appreciate you all being here. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, thanks for listening to the audio podcast. Thanks for subscribing on YouTube. Um, and after today, we have four shows left until we're on vacation. Three this week, and one then on one, on, one on Monday. And then we out this piece. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.